Welcome to Matthew's World of Wine and Drink, an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the wines of the world, the different regions, the different grape varieties, the different styles of wine, and the history and culture of wine. In this episode, we focus on Jura, a very small region in eastern France, which lies between Switzerland and the Alps and Burgundy. And this is such a small region that it accounts for only 0.3% of all the vineyards planted in France. So historically, this is a region that's often been overlooked because production is so small. But it's, been, it's made wine for a very, very long time, going back centuries and centuries. And is very fashionable today, very trendy among sommeliers and wine geeks like me. Because it produces such a wide range of styles despite that small production, some of them unique to the region, and the quality is very high. If you're making such little wine, you may as well make it good. And that variety of wine can range from very good alternatives to Burgundy, because Chardonnay and Pinot Noir are planted here, and Jura is only 80 kilometres east of Dijon, so very similar climate, similar styles of wine. But then there's very individual wines, like Van Jorn and Van de Paille, which we'll be looking at in this episode, which really are quite distinctive. So Jura lies in the foothills of the Alps. It's actually a mountain range in its own uh, right, and the name of the mountain range is Jura, that's where the name of the region comes from. And the name actually is what gives the name to Jurassic, so Jurassic is referring to these kind of mountains. The range of plantings is 220 to 450 metres, so these are not mountain wines. The altitude is there, but not especially high, and the majority of the vineyards are located between 250 and 340 metres altitude, which is roughly the same as the best vineyards of Burgundy and many of the vineyards are planted on west-facing slopes. So as I mentioned, the climate is very similar to Burgundy, so we have cold winters and warm summers, lots of rainfall here, more so than Burgundy, up to 1500 millimetres, and usually around 1000 to 1100 millimetres of rainfall throughout the year. Spring frost can be an issue, as it is in Burgundy, and to kind of generalise about Jura's climate, it's quite similar to Champagne, Burgundy and Alsace, but with a lot more rain, with Alsace being a lot drier. So which varieties are planted in Jura? There are five. Chardonnay accounts for 42% of all plantings, so it's the most planted grape variety, and the reason for that is that it's used for a lot of the sparkling wine, Cremon du Jura. It's planted on marl soils, but it's at its best with the soils which are limestone rich on hillside vineyards and which are warmer. Then there's Sauvignon, which accounts for 23% of plantings, and this is an historic grape variety going back centuries. It's late ripening, and it has thick skins, and it's very versatile, so it produces a whole range of wines, which we'll look at when we look at the different styles. And this prefers the steep south-facing slopes, which are clay-rich and marl soils. There are actually two types of Sauvignon, Sauvignon Vert, which means green, and Sauvignon Jaune, which is, means yellow. And Sauvignon, Sauvignon Vert has more acidity, and Sauvignon Jaune has more aromatic. And often producers will use a blend of these two different uh, clones of Sauvignon for, for a balance of that acidity and aromas. So those are the two white grape varieties. And then we have three black grape varieties, Poulsard, Pinot Noir, and Trousseau. So Poulsard is the most planted, 14% of all plantings in Jura, and it's a difficult grape because it's early budding and early ripening, so it's susceptible to frost and disease as well because it has thin skins. And those thin skins mean that making wine from Poulsard, you really need to extract the colour. And so whole cluster fermentation is often used, indeed carbonic maceration, 
or semi-carbonic maceration, really extracting the colour, so it's more similar to the wines of Beaujolais. Pinot Noir has 13% of plantings, and this is a great variety whose wines in Jura have been overshadowed by Burgundy, which is much more famous, and the wines in Burgundy are a bit more intense and concentrated. However, climate change is affecting the ripening of Pinot Noir, and it's ripening better than it used to, and so you're getting more colour and more fruit. The the tricky thing is that it might ripen a bit too much, and so if you leave it too long on the vine, it'll get overripe and uh, shriveled, and you don't want that with Pinot Noir. So um, it has to be taken quite a bit of care of. And it's best in the southern part of uh, the Jura, on gravelly soils. And then there's Trousseau, and this accounts for 8% of plantings in Jura. And this is also known as Bastardo in Portugal. No one quite knows how it managed to travel from Jura to Portugal. And the wines that it produces in Portugal are very different, as you can imagine, from the much warmer climate. But it has thick skins, it has high yields, which need to be controlled, likes the warmer sites, and it's a later, late ripening grape. And so it likes really nice uh, warm autumns or Indian summers. So let's look at the different appellations. So the overall appellation is Cote de Jura and this covers the whole region and is mainly white. Then there is Arbois, and Arbois is actually the largest appellation, it's actually larger than Côte de Jura, even though that covers the whole region. It's in the northern part of Jura, and situated around the town of Arbois, as the name suggests. And there is also another appellation called Arbois Pupilan, which is a small village within the Arbois appellation. That was created in 1970, and it's really up to the producer which appellation they want to use. And Arbois accounts for 70% of the red wine made in Jura. Then there is L'Etoile, which is based around the town of L'Etoile, which means the star. And this is white only, including Van Jorn and Van de Pai. Then there is Chateau Chalon, and this is only Van Jorn, and it's strictly monitored. The grapes are checked in the vineyard before the harvest, the wine is checked before it is put into barrel, and then the wine is checked before it is bottled, so checked three times, very strict reg regulations. And the major grape here is Sauvignon. And there's 50 hectares of plantings in Chateau Chalon, so pretty small production. And overall the Jura region is 90% AOC. So let's look at the different styles of wine, some of which I have uh, touched on. So Van Jorn is the most famous and most distinctive wine of Jura, and it's 100% Sauvignon. And Van Jorn has to be aged for six years until the December after the harvest, before it can be bottled. So if the, um, the harvest, let's say, was 2007, it has to be bottled at the earliest, December of 2013. And then it cannot be released until the 1st of January, seven years after the harvest. It has to spend some time in the bottle before it is released. And these wines will be inspected before release. They're always bottled in a unique bottle, which is 62 CL in size. It's a very unusual. And the reason for this is because of the evaporation over the, um, the period of aging. They estimate that, that that that's how much is lost, going from 750 bottle to a 620 bottle. So how is Van Jorn made? It's very similar in style to Fino in Sherry, because a layer of yeast deposit forms on top of the wine, and this is called Levoile. But this forms much more gradually than with Fino. So to compare it to Fino, the barrel for the Sherry is only topped up about 5, 6, or 500 litres out of a 600 litre barrel, and so the 
reaction between the oxygen in the air and the wine is immediate and the floor forms straight away. With Van Jean, they're filled almost to the top or even complete to the top and so the uh, the Lavoie forms very gradually, very slowly, taking several weeks or even several months to form. It's very different from Fino. But with that exposure to the oxygen, it forms, and also that's why the wine evaporates, because it's not completely sealed. And the floor, or the Lavoie, um, is fairly thin as well. So what happens with the Vangeon, you have the base wine, and this can be aged for quite a period of time in tank, and then it's transferred to barrels, and this may be after 18 months. And then the, the voile forms, and you have this um, gradual aging, protecting the colour, maybe a kind of a gold colour, so it does get that some richness from the, the period of time it takes for the voile to form. They're aged in well-ventilated cellars, and, if, and wines, well, the wines age at different uh, temperatures according to where they're located in the cellar. So there could be really cool parts of the summer, cellar or warmer or higher up it could be much warmer and they may even want to transfer the barrels to allow the wines to age differently, slow, more slowly in the cool conditions, quicker in the warm conditions. And what happens with that aging is volatile acidity forms but also acetaldehyde, again the same as pheno with those distinctive aromas. So smelling Van Jorn is going to be quite similar to smelling um, Fino, but the aging is different because it is uh, vintage rather than non-vintage blending. The alcohol will be between 135 and 15%, lower on the low side in Chateau Chalon. And the aromas, it's always completely dry because the Lavoie uh, feeds off the sugar that's in the, um, in the wine as well as the glycerol, so you get that really dry sensation and the acidity is very high as well because Sauvignon is a high acid grape. In Arbois, the Vangeons are more nutty, in Chateau Chalon more earthy with peat and smoke aromas. The wines are also noticeably spicy with turmeric, coriander, cumin, cardamom and ginger aromas really complex and um, wines which have been aged for a long period of time and will continue to age in the bottle. Um, so this again different from a Fino which is all about drinking it as soon as it's released a Van Jorn can uh, withstand further aging. And then there is Van de Pai which means a straw wine. So this isn't completely unique to Jura but it's um, something that Jura is well known for. Only 1% of wine is Van de Pai. The grapes have to be hand harvested uh, the grapes can be Chardonnay, Sauvignon, Poulard or Trousseau, so not uh, Pinot Noir, and it's usually a blend of the different grapes. And this is a sweet wine, and the wine is made sweet because the grapes are dried on straw or in boxes or suspended from rafters for six weeks after picking, and that concentrates the sugars, so when the uh, wine, uh, the grapes are fermented, it will not they will not be fermented to complete dryness, so the wines will be sweet. They will be aged, those grapes will be aged in a well-ventilated room which has no heating and no fans, it's all completely natural. The grapes must have between 320 to 420 grams per litre of sugar within them, and when the wines have finished their fermentation there's usually between 60 to 130 grams per litre of residual sugar, so they'll be noticeably sweet. And they have to be aged for three years, and they can only be bottled three years after the harvest in November, and they have to spend at least 18 months in the barrel during that period. Alcohol will be high, 14% or more, and it comes in a range of colours, from pale lemon all the way to amber. And the aromas will be gingerbread and fruitcake, dried fruits and nutty aromas too. 
So those are the most distinctive wines of Jura, but also there is white, white wine and red wine made here. And white wine falls into two categories, Souvoil and Ouillet. Souvoil means under that layer of yeast deposits, so this is usually Sauvignon, and it's like Van Jorn, though not as complex, because the wines aren't as aged as long, and sometimes these are wines which have been withdrawn from the Van Jorn um, aging process because they're not considered quite complex enough. But these can still be very interesting and a bit more affordable than Van Jorn, which is expensive because of that long period of aging. Ouillet refers to wines which are constantly topped up in order to uh, stop the voile forming, so there's no uh, contact with the oxygen, and these basically are made in the same way that white wines are made around the world. So they're going to be more Chardonnay, and these Chardonnays are more like Burgundy. These can be a very good value alternative to Burgundy. They'll go through malolactic fermentation, they might be aged in foudre, so large oak barrels, but the more complex Chardonnays will be aged in uh, smaller barrels. And on marl soils, the Chardonnay is heavier and more mineral. On limestone soils, more elegant. But there is some Sauvignon made um, this way as well. About 5-10% to 10 of all the Sauvignon is made in this uh, kind of standard way. And these wines are very good, aromatic and fresh and fruity. And Sauvignon is particularly akin to oak. It really soaks up the aromas without being overpowered by them. That's why it works with Van Jeune. So these wines can be quite complex. All the white wines are dry with high acidity. And then we have the red wines, and these are very light-bodied and pale-coloured, com uh, particularly compared to all the other wines of the world, usually bottled after one year or earlier, and often aged in tank or maybe foudre. So these are kind of quite light, easy-drinking red wines, but they can have that intense complexity to them too. Pulsard, the most planted, as I mentioned, goes through the carbonic maceration or some form of that and has red fruit aromas and is floral. Trousseau is taken more seriously and will have uh, cold maceration before fermentation. Same with Pinot Noir. Uh, Trousseau will have uh, mineral aromas and cherry and blueberry and quite peaty. Pinot Noir is deeper in colour but it's still less intense than Burgundy. But it's a nice alternative to Burgundy uh, but not as good as the best wines of that region. And then these grapes are often blended together as well. And the, as a generalisation, they'll have high acidity and medium alcohol. So those are the wines of the Jura. As I mentioned at the beginning, quite a range of styles, from styles that might be familiar and more comfortable with, with white wines and red wines, to the Van Jean style, which is aged for a long period of time, and the sweet wine of Van de Pai. So thank you for listening. This is Matthew. And this has been Matthew's World of Wine and Drink.